Well, I believe you got to taste your dream. Here's what I mean by that. You know, when I was a kid dreaming of owning a fine car, I hung out with friends who already had theirs. When I dreamed of making more money, I spent time with families who were making far more than what my family was. When I was dreaming of increasing my influence, I found ways to be around people like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Jim Rohn. I want to talk about the steps for going from dreaming to reality right after these messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Welcome in. Hey, if you're new to the 48 Days podcast, we welcome you. We're hearing from people from uh, new places around the globe, new countries with our new agency alignment. So uh, welcome in. If you're new, 48 Days simply means we believe you can dramatically change the direction of your life in 48 days if you create a plan and act on it. So we're going to talk today about this business of having dreams and how to bring those to life. Don't drive with your dreams, die with your dreams still in you. Well, here's some of the questions we address. And Dan, I'm in a job I hate, but it's stable. Should I really attempt to change? Someone asked, how do you rest in the Lord and not your own strength to accomplish things? Interesting question. Dan, I'm a single mother of three. I've always worked and enjoyed my work, but recently I've been convicted of a felony. Dan, two weeks after your response, I quit that job and began bookkeeping for small businesses. And another one, I did leave my one and a half hour commute, found a job closer to home. Give you kind of some updates from listeners there. Quotation is really one from me today, just an encouragement that says, if you're exhausted from working too much, it may be because you're not working enough in the areas that make your heart sing. Just realignment. Our resource today, I want to just send you to our Eagles community. This is where a lot of things are happening. A lot of the stories I share here come from Eagles who are taking action on their dreams. So if you want to check it out, just go to 48dayseagles.com. All right. Now let's let's kind of jump into this. I mean, you, you've got to taste your dream. And what I shared at the beginning there. Do something to allow yourself to have a little bit of that experience rather than waiting for it to just come all at once, which it may not. Last week, I shared about how to keep banking deposits in your dream, even if your current circumstances are not what you want. And I talked about where Joanne and I were deeply in debt and under IRS liens, you know, not having our own house because the IRS would have seized anything that we had. Yet during that time, you know, we kept cutting pictures out of magazines of what our dream house would be. We'd go to open houses, drive through the areas where we wanted to live. And that, of course, eventually was resolved and we were able to get our dream house. But you got to taste your dream before it can become a reality. Now, your dream may be to build a side business, may be to make a difference in your community in some way. It may be to travel or to start a worthy organization to serve others. So just take a minute and think about your dream. What is that? Now, Mike Sparks had a dream. 
Mike is the state representative of District 49 in Smyrna, Tennessee, incidentally. But Mike worked at Nissan, the car manufacturing place, when we met. He started coming to the Monday night seminars that I was doing, but he had a dream. Everybody, though, told him he was crazy for leaving a secure job that was leading to a really nice retirement package. But I asked him about his dream. What did he really want to do? Mike has a passion for the little guy. He loves to serve people and address injustices. I asked him about his ability to create income. Well, he was selling cars on the side. And I, my goodness, with what you're able to do with cars, you don't need the job for that. And selling cars to give you a lot more flexibility. Mike says, I was the only person who encouraged him to leave his job. But then he was elected as a county commissioner, served in that role from 2002 until 2010. Then he ran for and won a seat in the Tennessee House of Representatives, where he's been reelected over and over again and maintains that position today, 12 years later. I'll have to admit, when he told me he was going to run for state representative, wow, I thought, are you kidding me? I mean, that's a pretty big dream. There was a gentleman in that position who had been in that, he was, had been in that position for a very long time. He was an attorney. Mike had nothing but high school education. And this guy who was in office was well-respected in the community, had held that position a long time. Mike felt like he wasn't doing much to improve the community, and he simply beat the streets. He wore shoes out, talking to people on the streets, got the confidence of people, got elected, and has been reelected now. What is it? Every four years, I think that comes up, where he might be every two years, not sure. But anyway, he stayed in there 12 years later. Well, Kamanzi Constable, some of you probably know him. He was driving a bread truck in Wisconsin. With um, no college degree, he could have assumed that's as good as it gets. But he had a dream. He had a dream of being on stage as a speaker. He read 48 Days. He became convinced he could change his life. Two years later, he was traveling the world as a highly paid speaker. I asked him, how in the world, how did he make that transformation? He told me he watched 100 TED Talks and just learned to model what those trained speakers were doing. You know, when I was a 16-year-old kid, when I turned 16, my absolute dream car was the Corvette Split Window Stingray. I had a friend, Daryl, whose dad bought him that exact car. Of course, not me. I was a poor farm kid. My goodness, my dad didn't buy me anything. I had built my car out of junkyard parts, I mean, little by little. Until it turned into a pretty decent street rod. It was a 31 Ford Model A body. I put a Chrysler Hemi engine in it. You know who really dug my car? My friend Daryl. So we'd swap cars every other weekend. He'd take my old junkyard hot rod, and I'd have his brand new Corvette Stingray. But see, I just found a creative way to taste that dream. I mean, years ago, when Joanne and I were really struggling financially, we had a dream of going on cruises. I mean, Joanne loves the water. We like the idea of unpacking once and being able to see exotic places. So we didn't look online about that and talk to people. But I responded to some promotional ad, and I bought a cruise package, quotes around that cruise package, from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas for $39. 
Yep, that that's right. It was thirty nine bucks. We drove down to Fort Lauderdale and took that cruise. Now it was essentially a two and a half hour ride over to the Bahamas, where they dumped you off the ship for the day, and then at night brought us back again. It was a promotional deal from by the Bahamas, where they assume you're going to spend a lot of money once you're there. Now we didn't have a bunch of money to spend, but we tasted being on a cruise ship. You know, we've now been on. 17. Our most recent one was a 11-day excursion down to Cartagena, Colombia, back up through Panama and Costa Rica and some other places. But you got to taste your dream before it can become a reality. You got to, in essence, have a, a mental rehearsal, I like to call it, a mental rehearsal of that dream. Now, I want to drop something in here that uh, is likely an issue for some of you. And Tanya expresses it in this way. She says, Dan, I appreciate all you do. I'd love to know, how do you rest in the Lord and not work in your own strength to accomplish things? You do so much, and yet you seem to have such peace and rest. Well, thank you for that. I'm glad it shows. But let me address that. This idea of resting. You know, some, sometimes praying and resting and waiting become excuses for indecision and lack of action. I'm sure you're wondering where I'm going to go on this, but sometimes praying and resting and waiting are not in your best interest. Action is. I'm not just pulling this out of my head. In the the book of Exodus, in the Bible, we see the story of Moses leading those whining, complaining people through the desert. I mean, after the miraculous exit from Egypt and escape from their captors, the people are now convinced the Egyptian army is coming to get them. And they're sitting on their backsides, wringing their hands about how awful things are. Life just isn't fair. They're even saying, hey, why don't we just go back to Egypt? What did God tell them to do? In verse 15 of chapter 14 in Exodus, we read, This is in the Living Bible translation. Then the Lord said to Moses, quit praying and get the people moving. Forward, march. Wow. That's a pretty strong command. Quit praying and get the people moving. Now, some of you are probably ahead of me here, Bible scholars. You may be quick to remind me of the verse in Isaiah 40, 31, where it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, doesn't that give us encouragement to just just wait? I mean, don't we hear that a lot? I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, unfortunately, for people who rest in inaction, the, the word wait there, they that wait upon the Lord, comes from the same word from which we get waiter. What does a waiter do? The real meaning implies to be active doing what we know needs to be done. I get a little impatient sometimes when I hear from people, the mortgage is due, the children are hungry, the lights are about to be turned off, and they're still just praying about what to do. I know what to do. Quit hiding behind those pious excuses for inactivity and start moving. And yes, incidentally, God did uh, save the people that day based on their getting up and moving forward. Once they got the idea that they were participants in their success, I think they probably moved pretty quickly. 
Well, another quotation I like to use comes from Frederick Douglass, who said, I prayed for 20 years, but received no answer until I prayed with my legs. Now think about these situations. I want to go back. I want to frame this around our dreaming expansion here, but think about these situations. Let's say that you want to lose 20 pounds. You need a better car. Your lawnmower is broken. Uh, you want to have a best-selling book. You, you want to have a college degree. Mike Sparks, incidentally, since he got elected as a state representative in Tennessee, he started and completed his college degree. He's done some other pretty cool things as well, written a couple books. But let's say that you you want to do that, or you need right now to have $5,000 for a new air conditioning unit. Now, I believe that God is the providential supplier of everything that we need. But I also believe that his delivery system requires our active participation, or as Frederick Douglass said, praying with our legs. If you need a job, identify 30 to 40 target companies, contact each of them three times, and God will providentially provide a job. If you want a best-selling book, write something of value. Then be willing to persist through the rejection of 14 publishers as Max Lucado did with his first book. And watch how God opens doors. His books, incidentally, have now sold over 100 million copies. But even a spiritual giant like Max Lucado didn't just wait on the Lord. I mean, if you want a college degree, explore six options for doing so that are possible even while you continue working. I mean, block out two hours a day for focused study. See how God provides for that degree to be yours. I mean, God provides for the birds, but he doesn't just show up and throw food in their nest. I mean, sometimes the exercise of faith we need most may be to engage our legs, our time, our money, and our resources, and the action to accompany our prayers. We plant the seeds, water, fertilize them. We pull the weeds out to grow, to protect the growing plants. Finally, then we harvest the seeds. That's what I do, this balance of resting, but at the same time, taking specific action based on what my dreams are calling me to. I mean, when I was in graduate school, getting my master's in psychology, I realized that if I was going to increase my success in any real significant way, I needed to be comfortable standing in the front of the room, comfortable speaking. I was terrified. I'd been taught to stay behind the scenes. You would never promote yourself. But I enrolled in the Dale Carnegie program. Now, just the basic human relations program where you have the opportunity to get up and do a two-minute presentation and do that repeatedly. I remember this so clearly. You know, they would have us talk about something where they use the term earn the right. So something that you know about, something you care about already, but then a two-minute presentation. But I tasted my dream of being in front of people, being able to share my message. That taste and specific action set the foundation and opened the door for me to speak at major conferences, at the White House, universities, lots of different places. All right, let's insert some listener questions here. Rick says, I've been a truck driver for almost 20 years. Um, I'm a fourth generation truck driver. My question is, how does one know how to find a new profession when that person no longer has the passion for their particular career, but you've done it for so long, 
not knowing what to do or where to turn. I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but I don't feel the passion like I once did. But at the same time, it's stable. But I don't know what else to do. Well, you got to have a dream beyond just work. Now, I want to address that a little bit, this idea of having a career that we feel committed to and trapped by, perhaps. Now, believe me, I, I talk a lot about finding work that matters for people who care, you know, doing something you really enjoy. And there, that needs to be true. But still, work is a tool for successful life. It's not the end game. It's not the only thing. I work in, I live in a community now here where there's a lot of people who are, you know, kind of past their careers. And for a lot of them, they don't know who they are. The only identification they had was what they did their career. That's not what I'm talking about when I talk about finding work that you love, work that you really want to do, work that makes you not want to be attracted to retirement. There still is something beyond that. There's something beyond that. Work is a tool to get you there. Barbara says, shared a lot about her background and situation she's been through, and she says, so all that to say, I have a dream. I want to start a program or organization or something that helps women coming out of a divorce or separation. I want to equip them with the tools they need to find a job, go back to work, find a place to live, connect them with the financial help, even uh, get a good lawyer or mediator, support them with household goods, moving help, even just help um, hanging curtains. I want to empower women to not be victims, to give them spiritual and practical guidance to succeed. I just don't know where to start or what to do first. I do know something has to be done. That's a dream. I love that. Barbara, you say you have a a dream. Just having the dream, that is the beginning. Now, based on what I'm talking about, how could you taste that dream? You want to start a program, organization, or something that helps women coming out of divorce or separation. Golly, connect with my friend Vicki Helgeson, who runs a program called Leaving the Cocoon. She works with women coming out of the Tennessee State Prison for Women. Those ladies come out with everything against them. Nobody will rent to them. Nobody will sell them a car. Nobody will give them a job. Nobody will give them a place to live. All those things. She helps them walk through that process. Many of the same kind of concerns you're talking about here. Go spend an afternoon with Vicki and pick her brain. That's a way that you can taste your dream and see how she's brought that to life. Gina says, I'm a single mother of three. I've always worked and enjoyed my work, but recently I've been convicted of a felony. I'm at a loss as to how I can overcome this and find work to support my family. I do not do drugs and I'm healthy. I need some help to get back in my feet as I don't want to rely on welfare. Also, I want to be someone my children can rely on. What's your dream, Gina? What's your dream? You've got some challenges, clearly. Single mom, convicted of a felony. We don't need to know the details of it, but what's your dream? What do you want your life to look like three years from now? If you get clear on that, then we can start to create a plan. Give yourself a way to, to taste that, to taste that dream and start moving in that direction. All right. Well, just a quick note here. Remind you, these are real life questions and principles we can hopefully all learn from as we kind of weave these together. How to move toward a life that we want. How to create that. How to find it or create it that we talk about. If you've got questions like these you want to submit, 
honored to have those come in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. Leave your question there, suggestion, your resource you want to share. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here for a message from our sponsors, and I'll be back with some more thoughts on these listener questions. So let me address this thing about having a career. You know, this, this really is a fairly recent concept. It was invented about 1908. I mean, prior to that, people didn't have a career. They just worked where they were, doing what they observed others doing. I mean, you just did what needed to be done. It wasn't a matter of choosing a career path. Choosing a career is really kind of a a linear concept. Now, let me just add to this. Having a resume, which we all know, we all know about resumes, it's a very linear concept. It fosters the idea that each move should be more and higher, more prestigious, more money, more successful. But then what if a person wants to care for a parent for a few years or have a baby or travel the world? It damages that person's career track. The resume is damaged if we just have those linear expectations. Now, the reality is that today we still have those linear expectations, but we're in a non-linear world. Many are questioning the desirability of that linear life. I mean, look at the younger generations. They're like, hey, I'll work, you know, until November, and then I'm going to go to Breckenridge, Colorado and ski for a couple of months. People were thinking, my gosh, are you not concerned about the break in your resume, your career path? Nah, hey, I'll catch up when I get back. And really, it's a more realistic, probably wholesome view than this business of feeling trapped in just having to move in one direction in your career. I mean, I have worked with a whole lot of people who came to the table with that kind of feeling. I mean, that that tension between those linear expectations and what you may be dreaming about as a fulfilling life is a source of a whole lot of unhappiness we're seeing in the world today. I mean, we all have things that allow major reevaluations or kind of resets, reboot in our lives. It may be a, a divorce, a heart attack, a global pandemic, challenging old traditional religious beliefs, the recognition that we have more choices. I mean, only you can decide what the story of success is for you. Now, Earl Nightingale course, who was the author of The Strangest Secret, that little audio message that impacted me so much as a 13-year-old farm kid. He defined success, and a definition I've been using for years, as this. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean more or bigger. It's the progressive realization of a worthy goal. That means somebody can be successful by that definition as a sophomore in high school. Because they're moving toward a goal. I mean, a person can decide they're going to build schoolhouses in Haiti and live on $10,000 a year. I mean, that's just another way you can look, look at it and define that as your success. It's not more means as much as it is more meaning. Your dream is probably calling you to more meaning. You know, as I'm talking about this, I think about The old Langston Hughes poem, I've used it a lot as kind of a basis for a presentation that I 
do that's called Hold Fast to Dreams. But the poem goes like this, Hold Fast to Dreams, for if dreams die, life is like a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. All right, let's go back to some listener messages about following their dreams. Sherry says, Dan, four years ago this month, you encouraged me by replying to my email via your podcast. At the time, I was very unhappy working an entry-level job in an eight-to-five corporate environment. Two weeks after your response, I quit that job and began bookkeeping for small businesses. I now enjoy setting my own hours, pursuing the things I love like music, ministry, writing, building my own personal recording studio business, and spending more quality time with my family, all while making three times the salary I was in the corporate world. I've now begun to broaden my list of services into the areas of investing and retirement planning. Thank you for encouraging the world of listeners to seek out their dreams. Loving the work I do has made me very happy and a very fulfilled person. God bless you and your team. Well, thank you for that update, Sherry. Kathy says, Dan, I was one of the teachers you who, who wrote in about kids learning table manners in school, and you read my comment. Thanks. I found you when I was looking for a way out of teaching. It's incredibly stressful. I found your book and podcast. I've been listening ever since. I'm so glad you have this podcast. I got out of teaching, and now I have a job health coaching company employees. Here's, here's an update on a dreamer. Back in, um, I, I know I've shared this, but back in March of 2017, Jamie wrote in, if I work overtime, I'm neglecting my family. If I don't work overtime, I'm neglecting my employer and our only source of income. My current employer is one hour, 15 minutes away from my home. I'd like to get a job closer to home. However, the jobs around here pay half of what I'm making. I look at moving closer to my current employer, and we can't afford that either. I look at starting a business on the side. Don't know where I would come up with the time of energy feeling trapped. When I ask for advice, I usually get one of two equally worthless answers. Number one, it's okay. All things work out for those who love the Lord. Number two, yeah, life sucks. What are you going to do? I was wondering what advice you would give me. Well, that was back in 2017, and if you've been listening for a long time, you may have remembered me. Uh, telling Jamie, quit your job, dude. There's no job worth driving an hour and 15 minutes away from. There's got to be something more. Change your belief system. I don't remember what exactly I said, but got an update just in March of this year, just just a couple months ago. He says, I did leave my one hour, 15 commute and found found a job closer to home. I also started a Shopify store. And my Instagram page now has 48,000 followers. Reading your book helped me change the direction of my life. Listening to your podcast keeps me staying positive and goes goes on with some other things. Anyway, uh, thanks for the update, Jamie, again. But you've got to taste your dream. If you don't taste your dream, you'll likely die without living your dream. And we want to give you any tools that are required. Again, check out the Eagles community. And we've also got an event coming up. You've heard me talk about that, an event coming up here in Sarasota, Sarasota, Florida, August 10th through the 12th. We're calling it Will It Fly? I want to invite you to come taste your dream here. I mean, that's a lot of what I did when I wanted to taste the success of people whose level of success I admired. I started going to these conferences where I got a chance to meet people face to face 
wow, being around other high achievers. I mean, one of the principles of high achievers is simply they spend time around people who are already performing at the level at which you want to perform. And come down to Sarasota. We're going to introduce you to some people who are doing really, really well. We'll give you a, a taste of a, a really fine hotel in the Carlisle Inn where we've got massive discounts to host our attendees. We're going to have a special catered Amish buffet lunch for your dining pleasure. It'll blow your mind if you're a culinary fanatic at all. But And you get to spend time around high achievers, people that can shine a light on the path you're on. Well, in summary, you got to taste your dream. Let me just go through some steps for bringing your dream to life. Now, it certainly requires you know, a combination of planning, action, perseverance, belief, all that. Specific steps may vary depending on what your dream is, but here's some general guidelines to help you get started. Number one, define your dream. Now, you'd be surprised how many people are not able to do that. Well, I don't know. You know, I just know it isn't this. No, get specific about what it is. If it is you know, to travel, it's to go on a cruise. If it is to have a nicer car, a, a better home. If it's, again, to start something, a worthy organization in your community. I mean, whatever it is, define your dream, clarify your vision, and identify exactly what you want to achieve. Be specific about the details and imagine what that success would look like for you. And number two, taste your dream. Find ways to experience just a little bit of what it would be like when you bring your dream into reality. Uh, Number three, create a plan. Develop a roadmap that outlines the necessary steps to achieve your goal. Consider what resources or skills and support you might need along the way. Break those down into manageable tasks. Number four, take action. Start taking the first steps toward your goal. Begin with the tasks that are within your control can be accomplished right away. Again, procrastination. Indecision can hinder your progress. So it's really important to take consistent action. Otherwise, you can start to, you know, indecision, you can start to second guess yourself. You start to doubt. Oh, maybe that wasn't really a realistic dream anyway. Well, number five, Seek knowledge and skills. As I mentioned, spend time with people who are already living out your dream. If you want to be a dude rancher, I mean, spend a week with someone already doing that. If you want to be a chocolatier, I mean, go spend some time with my friend Sean Askinosi at his chocolate university in Springfield, Missouri. I mean, whatever it is, you, there used to be a program called Vocation Vacation where you could identify anything you wanted to do and then you could go spend a week or two with somebody already doing that. You paid for that experience, but it gave you an opportunity to taste your dream in that way. Number six, stay motivated. Keep your dream alive by staying motivated. Remind yourself of the purpose, the reasons why you started in that direction. Surround yourself with positive influences, people who are going to cheer you on, not people who are going to pull you back. Spend time with those like-minded individuals, supportive network, talk about our mastermind a lot as being kindred spirits. We just welcomed somebody new in there because I really identified he thinks like us. He's a kindred spirit and he, he's going to be an encourager as well as being encouraged himself. Number seven, celebrate milestones. Acknowledge, celebrate your achievements along the way. And recognize the progress you've made and reward yourself 
for those little milestones, those benchmarks that you've hit. This is going to keep your motivation up and reinforce a sense of accomplishment. Now, by following these seven steps, staying committed, I'll put those in the show notes so you get them written out so you can look at them. I'll give you just a short version of those so you can just go through and see, all right, exactly where you are and what you need to do. By following those, you're going to increase your chances of turning your dream into reality. Now, remember, every dream is unique. The path may differ. So be open to personalizing these steps based on your own circumstances and your aspirations. Again, check out the 48 Days Eagles. Go to 48dayseagles.com to see a little glimpse into what some other people are doing there, how they're putting legs in their dreams and bringing them to life. Hey, thanks for those questions that you keep sending in. It's an honor to review those each week. Um, We try to serve everybody. Not every question is going to make it out. If I do uh, use your question on here, then clearly, as I mentioned, I'm going to send you a gift usually an autographed book of the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. If it's a repeat, I'll send you something else. Some of you have come up with consistent questions, and I try to be creative in what we do send you as a gift is for those. But share this episode. If you got people out there who need to put legs in their dreams, you know, find three or four of your friends. Share this with them. Uh, I hear from a lot of people who are doing just that. And I hear from then the new listeners that say, wow, you know, Joe introduced me to this, or Mary suggested this, or I heard... Five different people say, I need to be listening to this, and then I started listening. But they'll thank you for it if you do that, if you share. Become known for your positivity, for somebody who does offer hope and encouragement to others. Stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that are meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. I'll be reviewing those questions as they come in, and I'll talk to you again next week.